Hey friends, welcome to But What If You Did, the podcast for millennials that find themselves in the middle of the growth phase. You know, the part in the big life transition that doesn't feel good. This is the part where it feels so hard to show up every damn day. You may be in the thick of things right now, but someday you'll look back and be hella proud of yourself that you kept going. The growth phase is messy, but I believe in sharing my mistakes and missteps in hopes that it'll help others grow too. I'm positive our paths have crossed for a reason, and I'm so excited to have you along for the ride because now we get to grow through the hard stuff together. Hey friends, welcome back. I'm Allison and I'm really excited about today's episode because today we're going to be diving into why you have to start with you before you try to make some big life transition. So first, we're going to kick it off with what I'm going to consider to be my grow through the hard stuff lesson. And my point of sharing these lessons is that I'm hoping that by sharing some of these missteps that I've made and or these sharing these learning experiences that I've had to go through, that you'll be able to draw some sort of parallel in your own life. And some of the tips and tricks that helped me will also be able to help you navigate some of the messy stuff. So a couple years back, I had gotten to a point where I just felt very stagnant in my career. I had been in my position within my company for about a year and a half, and I just couldn't figure out how to get to that next step on the ladder. So I was kind of hitting not a burnout point, but a point where I just felt like I had kind of learned what I could from the position that I was in. And it was a lot of administrative remedial tasks. And I just wasn't I mean, they were boring. They were not fulfilling. But I had also kind of lost ways to or just run out of ways to make them exciting or to make them challenging. And I was even like finding that it was hard to just find other things within the team to just help out with just to gain new skills. And so I just felt like I was ready for something new. But you know, I was applying for a lot of internal jobs. I was going on interviews. I was getting really good feedback. But I just couldn't seem to make that leap to the next step. So I had been doing a lot of like informational interviews with people or meet and greets as some companies might refer to them as. And I had met with a leader that was a couple stages above where I was in my career. And we'd had a really good conversation and I left it feeling like I had some really like tangible tips and um, just, you know, ways to go work on my resume or ways to, um, you know, have different types of conversations with people or um, just kind of felt like I had a game plan again of like how I was going to keep moving forward. And before I finished up the interview, I asked what was the best piece of advice they'd ever been given and what advice would they give to someone that felt just really stuck or stagnant? And they very quickly turned and said, you can't be afraid to try something new. And then followed it up with, and that could mean one of two things. Sometimes that means transferring departments and going and learning a skill that's um, transferable, but is a skill that's going to set you apart from other applicants. And, or second, you could leave the company for the same reason. Like you're going to go learn something new that's going to bring you back and you're going to stand out above other applicants because you just have this additional skill set that maybe the people internal to the company don't necessarily have. So I started applying for different internal positions in different departments. 
Um, and I ended up getting an interview for one pretty quickly. And what I will warn you about is that I didn't really do any of my research or any of my, you know, the things you're supposed to do before you walk into an interview. So I walked into this first interview for this role and I literally knew absolutely nothing about it. Like, it's almost embarrassing to look back and realize that like, I had no idea who was currently performing the role. I had no idea who the leaders were for the position. I had no idea where it tiered in the corporate hierarchy. All I knew was on paper, the job description felt like I could mark off the check boxes. So I'm in the interview and, you know, I feel like I interview pretty consistently and pretty well. And we get to the end of the interview and they say, well, and we have one final question for you. I'm like, okay, go for it. Why do you want to leave your current position? And I froze. Not for long, but long enough to pause to think and realize that I didn't really have a good answer. I had never really thought about that. Other than I just wanted to be unstuck, but I didn't have like a deep down, deep seated why for why I wanted to leave. So I feel like I gave probably a very corporate, politically correct answer and finished the interview and left thinking, wow. I was really underprepared for that, but hey, it was interview experience. So I got to my car and I remember writing down, because I always try to recap after an interview just so that I don't forget what happened in it or what kind of questions were asked because those are good learning tools for later when you have another interview. And I wrote down, why couldn't I answer that? Why didn't I know why I wanted to leave my other job and why I wanted to work for this team instead? And what about this job position am I actually excited about? And I couldn't answer the questions at that point, but I think part of it was I just wasn't ready to answer those questions because that part of my life just felt messy and out of alignment. So I got home and I opened up my notebook and I really just stared at those questions. And it was really, really, really hard for me to come up to answers to them. And I think a lot of it was because I personally, at that point, was just not really willing to look at my own imperfections and to acknowledge that I was going after this because someone else told me to, and not because it was necessarily where my heart was at or what I felt was 100% right for me. I just felt like somebody I looked up to had suggested it, and so it was the right thing to go after. So all this to say, if I had been clear on what my why was, and why I was doing this for me, I might have had a different outcome from the interview, or I might have been able to feel really solid and less imposter-ish, you know, leaving the interview. And even if it was or wasn't the right position, which, side note, I did end up in the position. I just still didn't know anything about it. You know, I think it's, you just kind of have you have to have a deeper understanding and self-awareness with yourself before you start to do these bigger life pivots or kind of go after these two things because they all kind of influence one another. And if you want to find that success that you're chasing and that joy and fulfillment, it has to, it can't just be a job. It can't just be the thing that you show up for every day. It has to be something that you are so deeply connected to with your own personal values and just feels so in alignment with who you are. And you're not going to get to that until you do the growth work first. So enter the personal development space in my world. And, you know, I 
had that same misconception that I think a lot of people do that personal development and self-help is, you know, for people that are broken or people that need therapy or whatever. And I, it was definitely uh, something that I misjudged for a long time until I gave it a chance and started to see the impacts of how being open to it was changing my life in a lot of positive ways. So now I'm going to dive into what I will consider my tangible tips and tricks and also some of, you know, the reasons that or the missteps that I went through to kind of get to that point. Um, And this is why I think it's really important that you be open to growth work first before you start to pursue different avenues um, that you might be finding a new passion for. So here are my top five reasons why I think it is important to start with you. One, you have to be clear on your why. And to be clear on your why You have to think about it from the perspective of who do I need to become in order to reach this goal? So I challenge you to really think about what that could mean for you and to really take some time when you have a goal in front of you or something that you're wanting to pursue to really do a full character study of yourself. What, you know, what traits do you need to have or which habits do you need to have or which what is it that you personally need to do to become the person that is going to be capable of reaching this goal my second is perspective i think it's important to remember that the grass isn't always greener on the other side it might just be a different shade of green so i know when i was first looking to make career transitions I kind of just assumed that I was always in the worst case scenario. And no matter where I went besides that, it was going to be better. And what I learned was that's not necessarily the case because no matter where you go, especially in the corporate world, you are living under someone else's rules and someone else's way of doing things. And you're going to have to adapt the way that you're doing things to fit whatever that culture is that you're fitting within. And because of that, it's just a different shade of green. It's just different than where you were previously, but every place you go is going to come with its own sets of problems. So when you're looking at where you want to go next or what you want to do, I think it's important to ask yourself, what are you looking for in a job position? And get rid of the title idea because titles don't matter. I mean, we see it now with all of these startup companies and these more entrepreneurial ventures where chief creativity officer or, you know, like there are just crazy titles out there for things. So understanding what you're looking for in a job will help you find the jobs that are actually right for you. Whereas looking for a specific title like project manager might not actually get you to where you want to be or get you to the type of position that you're looking for. Um, You can dive down deeper into this with, you know, what do you enjoy doing or what is it that really hypes you up when your manager asks you to help out? Versus what is that thing that they give you that absolutely drains you? Because maybe you don't want another job position that has to do that remedial task, even if you feel like most of the things you get to do is exciting. But if that one thing really drains you, it might be better to just find something that doesn't involve having to do that. My third reason is that you need to build consistent habits because consistent habits will keep you on course even when things seem hard. They truly become your North Star. 
once you have ingrained habits, no matter what happens or what life throws at you, whatever, you always have those healthy things to fall back on. And you always have those things that become easy for your body to just say, oh, right, that's what we do. Or, you know, whether that's getting up early, getting your workout in, meditating daily, you know, reading, finding time to read for fun, whatever it may be, you have to have those things that you're passionate about, but also help keep you healthy, but also give you some sense of normalcy, even when your world is chaotic and filled around you. So building consistent habits is super important. And I will probably do an entire episode just on the importance of habits, um, you know, in the coming weeks. But most of my habit development came from reading personal development books and listening to personal development podcasts. So that's why I think doing the growth work first is going to help you establish those consistent habits. Uh, my fourth reason would be you need to separate yourself from other people's opinions. And to me, that is in reference to what you'll often hear referred to as your circle of influence. So you take on the behavior traits and or um, the energy of the people that you spend most of your time around. So whether that's your family, your roommate, your, you know, your, your peer at work that works on the same project as you, your manager at work, um, you know, the upper level leadership, if they are living in a negative self-deprecating place, chances are you are also living in a negative self-deprecating headspace. And not because you don't want to be living in a positive space, but it becomes really hard to fight all of the energy around yourself. So sometimes when you're looking to make a growth move or a pivot, you need to take a serious look at who you're spending your time with. And that might mean cutting out some people that have been around for a long time and being really intentional with who you give your energy to. So if you go to a coffee date with a friend once a month and all that friend does on that coffee date is complain, complain, complain about the 18 million things that are wrong in their life and how they hate everything, but they're doing nothing to fix the situation and you leave that every single month completely drained, then maybe that friend is not someone that you should prioritize having coffee with every month. Maybe you should prioritize having a new type of coffee date with, you know, whoever that person is at work that you find to be, you know, just has an amazing energy and is always looking towards the future and is always looking on the bright side of things and get to know some different people that might widen your horizon when it comes to new opportunities and potential that's out there and see how your world starts to switch and how you start to find yourself driving towards different types of career paths or different types of goals or chasing different dreams because you changed who your circle of influence was. And finally, my last reason that I think it's super important is you really have to learn how to ask yourself the right questions. And in order to learn to ask yourself the right questions, you have to have some good examples of people that are asking themselves the right questions. If you haven't read the book, Ask for More by Alexandra Carter, I highly recommend it. 
The book is about learning to ask yourself the right questions and then learning just as much how to ask other people those questions. And these are, you know, open-ended questions that will ultimately help you steer any type of negotiation. And the way that she defines negotiation in the book is anything from making a deal to resolving a relationship issue to reaching a personal goal, you know, or a personal career goal, even for that matter. Start to look at where those resources are that you can learn the right way to ask yourself questions. So as we talked about in the first episode, you know, I'm one of those people where if I get all up in my head, I can swirl about the negative what if, what if, what if questions. But my goal in this podcast is honestly to teach you how to ask yourself the right questions and how to say, but what if I did? And a lot of that, like I said, came from reading books like Ask for More or listening to podcasts about, you know, with influencers talking about how they really learned to focus in on the right type of questions and how that propelled them forward. So now that you understand the why behind things, here are a few ways that you can get started with, you know, personal development and personal growth work. My go-to recommendation is always going to be books, audiobooks, and podcasts. I am an avid reader. I could read a book every single week and feel like I could read more. I love having a book in my hand. I love reading personal growth work, books. But I realize that not everyone is a reader. And sometimes when you hand someone a book, it's like such a turnoff to them because they just don't understand why you waste your spare time reading books. Because to them, that's just not, it's not relaxing. It's not fulfilling, whatever it may be. Um, But audiobooks are, you know, are really coming up as being kind of a, a new way to listen to things. And pretty much almost all books that come out now have an audio version as well. So Audible is a subscription service where I think it's like 14 something a month and you get a new book every single month that for a while, when I first started getting into personal growth, I would just buy audiobooks and listen to them in the car while I was driving. And that was a way to listen to personal development and kind of set my tone and my mood for the day, but without being overwhelmed or without feeling like I had to find extra time in my day to develop, um, you know, my mindset a little bit. I definitely recommend audiobooks if you're maybe newer to the personal development space and you feel like you just don't have a lot of extra time in your day. Podcasts are another great way to do that. And clearly, if you're listening to a podcast, this probably isn't the first time you've listened to a podcast. And you probably, if you're anything like me or a lot of my friends, you probably have a different podcast that you listen to on every single day of the week. Um, And so you know what your Monday podcast is and your Tuesday podcast and your Wednesday podcast and your Thursday podcast. And you know what you're going to listen to every day. But I use podcasts when I'm, you know, in the car driving or when I'm going out for a walk or a run or whatever it is. Because for the most part, they're, you know, between 15 and 45 minutes worth of content that you can just listen to while you're doing other things. And that's a great way to start introducing yourself to the personal development space without it being overwhelming. And without, like I said, feeling like you just need an obscene amount of time to focus on yourself. But it still gives you that validation that you did take some time to focus on yourself. A couple other ways that I recommend are definitely, you know, doing those informational interviews with people and just asking, you know, questions about growth and development that aren't necessarily 
100% career focused, but just on how do they achieve goals? How do they set goals for themselves? What, you know, what are some tangible tips they have for how you can go after whatever that big dream is on your heart? Or have they ever tried the entrepreneurial space or have they, you know, have they worked in the corporate world their whole lives? You can learn so much by just asking to get to know someone. You know, fun fact, and I remember someone saying this to me very early on in my career, people love to talk about themselves. All you have to do is ask. So if you want to know someone's story and you want to start to build a relationship with them, that's how you do it. You just ask them to talk about themselves. And I promise most people are an open book when it comes to things like that. Um, And my last tip, you know, of how to get started would definitely be journaling. There are just so many um, personal development journals out there nowadays that come with prompts. So, you know, they'll help you start to really dig into what you're doing and, you know, what your behavior patterns are and what, you know, your goals for the day are and your goals for the week are. And just having those journal prompts can often help you to really start to uncover little bits and pieces and start to build a self-awareness that is maybe helpful for someone that is just kind of starting to scratch the surface of understanding personal development, but doesn't really know how to start asking themselves the hard questions, this can be a good guide for that. So how does personal growth work really impact your ability to know when it's time to pivot? Well, I think there are three key things to this. One is you have to have self-awareness in order to navigate tough transitions. And self-awareness is something you will get better at the more you practice it. But you have to learn how to be intentional with paying attention to your own behaviors and watching how you, like almost taking a third person perspective of watching how you responded to something. So, you know, if you're having a conflict with a coworker at work, writing down why it was that you felt frustrated with them and why you think you reacted the way you did. And then, you know, the next time you find yourself in a similar situation, trying to learn from how you navigated that, chances are when you wrote it out, you then had thoughts on, well, maybe next time I could do this differently, or maybe next time I should try approaching it this way. Doing the, you know, the self-awareness, personal growth work is going to ultimately help you to improve your relationships and improve your ability to just understand what's happening around you, which in turn, quite honestly, is going to influence your emotional intelligence, which is super important in the workplace. That will also probably be its own episode at some point in time. Another thing that I think it's super important to think about, and it's something we touched on a little bit earlier, is who you spend your time with influences what you think you're capable of doing. So if you're spending your time with people that are telling you that you're going after goals that are well beyond your capabilities, chances are you're going to pull back and you're going to stop chasing those goals or you're going to try to realign for something that's a little less substantial or that you, you know, have talked yourself into believing is the next right best step because this person didn't believe in your capabilities and really what it comes down to is you have to believe in your own capabilities. Nobody else has to believe in them. 
yeah, it's great when somebody else supports you and says, absolutely, I have your back. I think you can do this and I'm going to be here to support you 100% of the way. But we are our own best advocates. And if you're going to go after something, you are the one that has to have your own back. Not your friend that's sitting next to you, not your brother, not even your parents necessarily. I know we all crave those relationships and we want those important people in our lives to really have our back and to be those positive influences. But the reality is that's just not always the case for everyone. And then my last, you know, how I think that growth work is really going to impact your ability to know when to pivot is I just think that it teaches you so much about yourself that you don't even realize how these small behavior changes and these small mindset shifts are going to become so noticeable to your circle around you and the people that you're interacting with daily, that their opinion of you or their idea or, you know, whether they think you're capable of achieving something is slowly going to probably evolve and shift just because they're seeing you actively change in front of them. And they're seeing you learn new things and apply them and move them forward and how, you know, The fact that you're taking time to do personal growth work and it's a noticeable change speaks volumes to people, especially when you're trying to learn how to build your career and climb that corporate ladder. So taking time to work on yourself outside of work is also going to help you at work. And that's why I think it is so critical that you get past whatever mindset you know, block is there that says that personal growth work isn't for you because we all need to work on ourselves and personal growth work has a purpose for everyone. You just have to be willing to see what that is and be open to exploring where taking that time might actually benefit you in the future. So my tip of the day is You have to be open to digging into the messy stuff in your life before you're going to be ready to evolve and truly take that next step. I'm going to say that one more time. You have to be open to digging into the messy stuff in your life before you're going to be ready to evolve and take that next step, right? So when you push that personal growth work aside, you're ultimately, at least the way that I see it, you're really just muting the messy stuff temporarily. It's still there in the background. It's still laying below the surface. It's still eating away at you to some extent. And eventually it's going to unmute itself and it's going to come back around. So when you're growing through something, you really want to learn to lean in to the uncomfortable and just face that messy stuff head on because the more you're able to just face it head on now the lighter you're going to feel after and the more confidence you're going to gain when it comes to confronting the hard stuff later you know it's really going to empower you to feel like you can tackle anything that comes at you the next time around say this first thing you know you're having a conflict with a coworker and you know you deal with the messy stuff head on you have a an adult conversation with them you really work through some of this hard stuff and you're like okay i think we're on a better footing and next time you know this is going to be better but then the next time something goes wrong it's with somebody that's you know even higher up the food chain per se 
well, now you have the confidence that you were able to fix something with somebody that was closer to your level. So you're going to use those skills that you learned from that experience and apply them to this bigger situation. And hopefully that's going to get you over that hurdle as well. So you need those confidence deposits, as we've talked about. And when you, you know, really head face first into the messy stuff and you just deal with it, you gain that confidence deposit that tells you you're capable of fixing whatever this next problem is as well. If I had asked myself, but what if I had just confronted the messy stuff? I think my answer would be that I probably would have felt confident in my pursuit of my new goal or something to that extent. So don't forget to ask yourself, you know, not just what happens if I confront this situation, but what is the positive outcome that could come from confronting this messy feeling or from confronting this situation, right? It's about remembering to redirect your negative thoughts and find that positive confidence boosting outcome in whatever is going on. Whatever you do this week, friends, just keep going and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found a nugget of wisdom to encourage you to get out of your own way and to take action even when it feels hard. Resources and links discussed in today's episode can be found in the show notes. P.S. If you love this episode, I would really love for you to slide into my DMs on Instagram at but period what if you did period the podcast so that we can connect or better yet share this to your story or send it to a friend and tag me so that I can personally say thank you for coming along this journey with me. Until next time, friends, keep moving forward.